From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we welcome Andrew Hayward to talk about ApeCoin and Elizabeth Warren's bill that she proposed yesterday. That's our Week in Review. That and other news is today on the Decrypt Daily. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, March 18th, 2022. Got a couple of notes from listeners yesterday. You remember yesterday, Moonbeam was the token of the day, the coin of the day. Its ticker was GLMR. And I thought, I didn't know what it was. And so Roger wrote it and said, look at the logo, exclamation point, all yelling at me. Roger, you don't have to yell at me, man. Come on, we're old buddies. But he said, GLMR equals glimmer. Because apparently the Moonbeam is glimmering into the water for their logo. How am I supposed to figure that out? Is that just obvious to everybody else? Roger, you didn't have to yell at me, but thank you for writing in. And Dave said, I enjoy the daily podcast. I hope you have a quick recovery from COVID. Thanks for continuing to provide the show, even though you're not feeling well. Thank you, Dave, for writing in. And I'm sorry I had to guilt Dave into sending me an email or or guilt the listeners to send me an email to cheer me up. But I appreciate you took the bait. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10:54 Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $40,570, down 0.7% in 24, but up 3% in 7. Ethereum's at $2,836, up 1.3%. Tether's number 3, Binance Coin is at 388, up a half a percent in 24, 4% in 7, and USDC is number 5. Running off the top 10, we have XRP. Luna, Cardano, Solana, and Avalanche. Total market cap, we're at $1.82 trillion. BTC dominance of 42.3% and an F dominance of 18.7. And since we're talking about Board Ape Yacht Club's token today, ApeCoin, I want to tell you a little bit about it. It's ranked at number 34 on coin market cap right now. It's tickers APE, obviously, Ape. Its price is $14.03. It's up 55% in 24 hours. And that's because it was launched yesterday. Had a massive sell-off. Went down to around, I don't know, $6.30, $6.40. It's back up to $14 right, right now. Uh, but throughout yesterday, it was launched on different platforms from Binance to Coinbase to FTX to Crypto.com. And, well, people started aping into ApeCoin. And we'll be talking all about the utility the price, the airdrop, coming up right now. Andrew Hayward, how you doing, sir? Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. The big news today is ApeCoin. ApeCoin just launched yesterday. It was on the show. Uh, what happened was, really quick, is a, a independent coin, ApeCoin, launched yesterday, airdropped a lot of Board Ape Yacht Club holders, NFT hodlers, and Mutant Ape hodlers, a, a, a lot of ape coin. I think that the board API club hodlers, they got something like 10,094 tokens and a mutant ape got around 2,042 tokens right now. Roughly it's around for a board API club holder is around 
$150,000 of an airdrop. And if yeah. you are a mutant ape, it's around $30,000. Um, can you want to just tell us a little bit about where this came from, a little bit about the token, and uh, just go into why this token even exists? Yeah, so ApeCoin or Ape is sort of the utility and governance token designed for the Board Ape uh, Yacht Club ecosystem, I guess, which is growing with games and apps and services and stuff. You know, as you said, it is being billed as like an independent token, but there's a bit of like decentralization theater going on here where like clearly it came from the Yuga Labs people and whoever they're working with, uh, like Horizon Labs, and there's people like Alexis Ohanian and uh, Amy Wu from FTX that are part of the initial board. Um, you know, they're all kind of saying the exact same thing, like, oh, this came from the ApeCoin DAO, not from Yuga Labs. But, you know, there's there's clearly, <laughs> it's, it's from them. They're just trying to make sure they're all good with regulators and such. But in any case, uh, you know, they see it as a potential utility coin for future metaverse and Web3 applications. Uh, it is also clearly a, a reward for board ape holders, for people that either bought in early and held or people that have paid exorbitant amounts of money for those NFTs. So as you said, uh, you know, about $150,000 worth of ape tokens, uh, just free to claim for any board ape holder. And if you hold multiple apes, you get multiple drops. You could have 10 apes and you get $1.5 million of ape tokens. Uh, and then mutant ape holders get about $30,000 worth of tokens. So uh, yeah, free money just flowing into the <laughs> ecosystem right now. So you said that this is a governance token. I want to talk about like the airdrop and maybe the ethics about that, uh, maybe in a little bit, because mm -hmm. there are is definitely serious questions about, you know, just getting $150,000 out of thin air and where that money co is coming from. Uh, but the governance aspect of this is very interesting because this goes to the IP, this goes to people, what they could do with these NFTs. And it also kind of goes to Yuga Labs and their recent um, acquisition of Larva Labs, mm -hmm. uh, CryptoPunks, because CryptoPunks was having this huge discussion. It's like, oh, wait, we have these NFTs that are very popular and also very expensive, but they are not getting the same, I guess, care or, or tender loving care TLC mm -hmm. as Board Ape Yacht Club with the controlling their IP, the progressive and aggressive nature of their development. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about all that? Yeah, so Yuga Labs, the creators of the Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, to their credit, they have been very focused on the, the ethos of decentralization and you know, leaning into the community and letting the community drive value to the project, which I really think they've done uh, as much as, if not significantly more than Yuga Labs, just by using it for stuff and, and showing how, I guess, cool, uh, you know, depending on who thinks it is, but you know, how cool this kind of project can be. So with the Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, if you own it, you can use that image for basically anything. You can create products and services. You can use it for your own merchandise, for marketing. Um, you could be like Timbaland and Universal Music Group and create like a virtual band with Board Ape images. You know, the commercialization rights are yours to use. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot more examples uh, popping up recently. There's a marijuana company that's using uh, a board ape for packaging. There's going to be a burger restaurant in LA that uses I saw a board that, ape. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, it gives them the right to do something with it. And sort of collectively, it builds the aura or the allure of the IP into something that is valuable and interesting and, again, valuable. <laughs> like, that, you know, they're like $300,000 NFTs at this point. And so kind of going into what you mentioned about the CryptoPunks thing, um, a week ago today, Yuga Labs announced that they had acquired the CryptoPunks IP from uh, Larva Labs, the original creator. 
uh, CryptoPunks and Bored Apes were the two biggest NFT profile picture projects out there, but there were like these very clear differences between them. Um, whereas Bored Apes gives you all these rights for commercialization, you get perks like merchandise and concerts, and now you get a token worth a whole bunch of money. Uh, CryptoPunks, you, you didn't get anything more. You just got the picture and it was valuable. They were selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's hard to you know feel too bad for owners. But you know, there's this stark contrast brewing between the top two collections where CryptoPunks, some owners were like, where are the benefits? Where are the perks? Why, why am I not getting anything else? Whereas Bored Apes are getting all these celebrity fans that are driving value to it. They're getting all these benefits. And, uh, you know, Larva Labs is a, a team of two people from Canada. They like to just create stuff and release it into the wild. They're not like a big marketing team. They don't want to be like, constantly immersed in the community, trying to drive value to the project. That's just not what they do. And they admitted as much last week when they announced the sale to Yuga Labs. They were like, you know what? We we launched this into the world. People made it cool, but we are not the right people to steward this as like the modern version of a profile picture project where there's just this constant, uh, you know, community engagement and, and initiatives to drive value to it. You know, that's, that's very interesting. What do you think about the two different communities, the CryptoPunks and Board Ape Yacht Club? Look, Board Ape Yacht Club community, they knew what they were buying into. And like the development was kind of like almost like organic. And, you know, CryptoPunks, it seems like the community, and this is just a, a question. I'm not making a statement here, but this is a question. It seems like the community was kind of like FOMOing over that community over there and then wondering why we didn't have the same thing. Do you think that it was a proper criticism of CryptoPunks and the way that it was developing? Or do you think that it was just kind of like blown out of proportion and like the, uh, the owners and the founders were just like, you know what? We just don't want to deal with this community just hating on us. We just made this and now you're going to hate on us. Like, you know what I'm saying? Was it justified? Yeah. Yes and no. I, I think a little of both sides on one end. Like I understand why if you're looking at Bored Apes, you're like, why can't I do that stuff? And, you know, maybe Larva Labs didn't need to give them perks like merchandise and events and stuff like that. But I do think that the commercialization rights question was a realistic one and, and one that was totally reasonable because you've got people in the crypto community buying these NFTs and they want to use them as their brand. They want to create stuff with it. They want to help build their own brand, which in turn could potentially help the CryptoPunks brand. And we see that in action with the Bored Apes. It has clearly worked. Um, and, you know, Larva Labs sort of felt like a Web2 company that's just been fumbling their way through what a modern Web3 company, like what people expect from it. And it clearly got to a point where they were just like, you know, this isn't for us. This isn't how we want to run projects. We want to make cool stuff, get it out there. And then go on to make more cool stuff. We don't want to be there every day trying to like drive value to it and give people benefits and convince them to come in. Like we're just, we're experimenting and that's our thing. So it totally makes sense for them to, uh, to sell off the IP, bid farewell to it. And I think it's probably a net positive for um, CryptoPunks owners in the long run. Maybe I'm a little bit uh, late with this idea, but I just had like a, a complete brainstorm or, <laughs> or thought about Board Ape Yacht Club. It is like, a modern franchise where you didn't have to actually commit to um, a certain industry or business. Mm -hmm. But as you said, you know, there's going to be a, a burger place. It's going to be, I don't know what it's called. I can't remember, but it's going to have the picture of the board ape on it. I see all these different projects and uh, businesses being with board ape on it. As you said, Timbaland, uh, we also have entertainers. It's almost like board ape is now going to be the Apple or the big brand, the, you know, of, 
putting your label and your logo on everything. And the only responsibility they have is to one, the community, keep it valuable Two, make sure that the IP stays um, liquid and three, see what everybody does with it. Cause I mean, board ape in the future could be the next burger franchise board. Ape <laughs> could be the next um, music company organically. They created a, I guess, a, 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 a not a, a now a multi-million dollar brand, but also a potential for, I guess, franchises that will thrive and grow without the risk involved. Yeah, it's it's a cool idea, right? Like it's decentralized brand creation. And Yuga Labs, I mean, who knows if they had these kinds of ambitions when they started. They just wanted to make cool profile pictures and, you know, reward the community around it. And then the community really latched onto it. And they were like, well, we have these commercialization rights. We can do whatever we want. And it's just a really cool idea to see that decentralization ethos in action where people can buy into something and then kind of make it better and make it more valuable and interesting in their own way. And there's so many different ways to use the IP. And we're already seeing how that can kind of all coalesce together to make the overall brand more popular and valuable. I mean, maybe the next Chick-fil-A is going to be Bored Ape Burgers. <laughs> I, I just think it's super cool. I mean, it, but I have an ethical question. If you got into the ground floor of a Bored Ape, I think the mint price for an ape was what, 0.3F? Do you remember? Yeah. 0.1? Um, I want to say it was like a couple hundred dollars worth of ETH at the time. So it, it was very, very, very affordable. Mm-hmm. Okay, very, very. Maybe one too many varies, but it was, it was affordable. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now it is not affordable. It's, it's restrictive. You, you can, and most people, most people <laughs> can't and won't and can't fathom spending $300,000 on a JPEG. But then again, now it's like, look, I want to just ask about the ethics of, do you think that the, now that we just talked about the franchise and the IP and whatever, we see what people are building, do you think that the price is becoming justified? Yeah, I I, I guess so. I mean, it's it's out of reach for me. I'm not going to be <laughs> buying I mean, or so owning it, So <laughs> is owning a, a Chick-fil-A. I can't buy the IP of a Chick-fil-A and open a restaurant. It's just too much money. I can't. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the point here is that when they launched it last year and it had you know no juice, like nobody really cared about it. It was just a new, interesting experiment. It was a couple hundred dollars, which was pretty much reasonable for a mint at the time. It is really this decentralized like ethos in action that has driven value to it. And you can point to like celebrities, Apian and stuff and say, well, you know, they're, they're juicing the value of it. Maybe it's not really worth that much. But then if you look at sort of the brand value of it and how it can be used in different ways and sort of the way that the Ford Ape IP, bringing that into whatever company or project you're working on, the way that that adds value, yeah, it might actually be a worthwhile investment. And then when you look at the tokens that you get on top of it, I mean, a $300 or sorry, $300,000 NFT getting you $150,000 worth of tokens for free, like that's half the price. Like you've already cut down your investment in half. I mean, nobody saw that coming. And there's another ethical question. I mean, yeah, it's a surprise to the Board of Yacht Club owners or the Mutant Ape. Uh, owners as well. I know a couple that actually, you know, cashed out their tokens and and, and took their took the cash and ran with it. But look, it, it is the kind of the rich getting richer. It's the Jimmy Fallon's, the Timberlands, the um, you know, all these different celebrities. Uh, I think Justin Bieber didn't he pay like a, over a million for his ape, something like that. Yeah. So he just made pay, paid a million dollars. They don't need money. And now you just airdropped co- tokens to people that. Are and honestly, this is where the uh, criticism of the crypto space comes from. Whoever's buying into those tokens are now getting it cashed out by people who had uh, not enough money to begin with. So it's almost like the rich getting richer. Do you think that this is an ethical way to 
conduct business. So that's just decentralization at work here, I guess, because, yeah, I mean, the super rich people who own Bored Apes don't need $150,000 in tokens. I mean, for some of them, the celebrities you mentioned, it's a drop in the bucket. They might not even notice it or care about it. Um, But there's another side to this where there's people who bought into this project early. They bought it at a low price. They believed in it. They've supported it for the whole year, um, roughly since it was launched. And they're being rewarded with this huge token bounty. And, and you see some people on Twitter where it's changed their lives. You know, there's people who spent their last few hundred dollars on a board ape. And, you know, I don't know why they did that, but they believed in it. And they had sort of the gumption or the belief and it worked out for them. And so, yeah, there's a FOMO element to this. And it's, it's hard to see that somebody who owns a $300,000 JPEG is getting $150,000 in tokens for free. Like it just, on one end, it doesn't feel right just because it's so outlandish. But I mean, people who bet early get big rewards in decentralized communities like this. And so, I mean, that's just how it works. Where did this money come from? I mean, the token just dropped yesterday and all of a sudden it has it's number 33 on coin market cap or something like that. 33, 34, 35, depending on the price. We know how crypto works. It's like four billion dollar market cap. Where did this money come from? I mean, that's the value of the board Ape brand at work. I think, you know, people are buying into this. They can, you know, if you didn't get free tokens from owning an NFT, you can buy Ape from Coinbase or FTX or wherever. And people are betting on not only future utility, like use in apps and games and maybe exclusive merch and stuff, um, and potential governance, like taking part in the ecosystem, but also like having exposure to the board Ape allure. Like you don't have to buy one of those super expensive NFTs now. You can buy a handful of tokens. And as the IP rises, as that ecosystem grows in value, maybe your tokens rise in value too. To quote uh, Biggie Smalls, the cheddar breeds jealousy, especially if that man effed up, get your ass stuck up. Um, <laughs> that brings that brings me to Elizabeth Warren, who is the queen of consumer protections. I cannot see somebody like Elizabeth Warren looking at this airdrop, looking at the ethos of what's happening and not thinking that one, a lot of people that cannot afford this now just got left behind Two. The risk is too much for an average person to take. So even if you wanted to risk a couple of thousand dollars early and aboard ape, then you you wouldn't do that because you have things to do like buy milk and bread and now gas prices are going a little crazy. Uh, so I can I can see how this is going to now look and change the way that people might. I mean, it always has has been looking being looked at like this, but people like Elizabeth Warren to also get on the consumer uh, protections bandwagon again, even a little harder and start making more uh, proposed bills to try to re- yeah, rein in uh, this kind of, these kind of actions. She just proposed a new bill uh, yesterday, Digital Assets Sanctions Compliance Enhancement Act of 2022. This bill was to ensure that crypto isn't used by Putin to undermine economic sanctions by the US. Can you tell us a little bit about this bill and how this could be affecting the United States or, or US, I guess, taxpayer or citizen? Yeah, so there's kind of three key components to it. Um, you know, it gives more power to the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, to um, block US exchanges and payments firms from facilitating transactions from 
you know, wallets that they know or believe to be emanating from Russia. Um, also, President Biden can issue secondary sanctions against Russian companies that help people or entities avoid sanctions via crypto. Uh, and then the part that's kind of controversial and, and maybe hits closer to home for people is this uh, added reporting requirement that U.S. taxpayers report any crypto transaction of $10,000 or more with an offshore entity to uh, to FinCEN. And so, you know, a lot of people are up in arms about that last detail because it sort of feels like they're trying to push through this crypto regulation under the guise of, oh, it's about Russia, when this ne doesn't necessarily have anything to do specifically with Russia. It can, but it's broader than that. Proposed bill would give the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen clear authority to block all U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchanges. And it says here, and what you wrote up, this is an article by you, that it will block these U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchanges and payments um, with to known wallets or wallets that are reasonably believed to be based out of Russia. That that's my red flag. I think the reasonably believed to be based is that uh, is that justified to be in there? Uh, isn't that opening a slippery slope? Isn't that like almost like you now have to prove your innocence? if they reasonably believe that you are X, Y, or Z, and could that not be expanded? Is it not justified to think that this could be a slippery slope build in co-tailing on uh, obviously a very tragic global geopolitical incident to try to ram through a bill that might just be on the guise of sanctions and consumer protections? Yeah, I mean, it's reasonable. A, a lot of people in the crypto industry, diehards are very paranoid about government intrusion. But in this case, I think there's probably reason to be justified um, with that. Um, you know, especially Warren is a very anti-crypto, very, especially Warren is a very vocal anti-crypto critic and, and has been for a long time. I mean, I, I personally like Warren. I like her politics, but this is something where she's like very focused and very against a lot of what's happening in this space, kind of good or bad. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people have come against this proposed bill. And yesterday, Coin Center, the, um, the DC-based think tank, said that, you know, it would place sweeping restrictions on the crypto ecosystem under the guise of bolstering sanctions against Russia for its unjustified invasion of Ukraine. So like you said, basically just using this opportunity to add increased crypto reporting rules and, and clamp down a little bit on the industry. And uh, they added that it's unnecessary, overbroad, and unconstitutional in their view. So, you know, there's there's reason to be skeptical and worried. Um, on the other hand, it's not clear whether this bill would even have the support to to pass through and become law. I highly doubt it will have support to come through or pass through and become law. It also kind of seems like it's the cart before the horse. It's like we still haven't actually set out regulatory frameworks. I mean, the Biden executive order just said, hey, these different entities, these uh, uh, regulators need to work together to figure some things out. But you're trying to actually enforce things that aren't even figured out yet from where we don't even know. You, you said that you like Senator Warren's politics, uh, but this is something that she seems very focused on and very anti. You, I think you use the word anti-crypto. My question is, why do you think Elizabeth Warren is the way she is toward crypto? I mean, she's very focused on consumer protections, which which I, I would say for the most part is very reasonable. And if you're looking at the crypto industry from the outside and you don't have a deep understanding of how it works, I mean, a lot of it looks scammy and scary, I bet. But on this particular point where, you know, she is maybe the loudest voice saying, oh, Russia's using crypto to evade sanctions, and she keeps beating that drum, you know, the people that actually pay attention to this are saying, 
Russia's not using crypto to evade sanctions in any major significant way. I mean, yesterday at this Senate hearing, um, Chainalysis co-founder Jonathan Levin told the senators that the firm hasn't seen evidence of Russia or Putin systematically using cryptocurrencies to evade sanctions. And they're the people that are actually look on the blockchain and have to untangle all these different transactions and, and connect known wallets to other wallets to kind of find out who's doing what, maybe a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit obscured. Uh, so they're the people that know. And, you know, despite comments like that, she seems very focused on using this opportunity to push something through. Andrew Hayward, thank you very much for coming on and chatting. Board API Club and Elizabeth Warren, definitely not the peanut butter and jelly of the conversations, <laughs> but uh, they, it seems like they just worked well together today. Thank you very yeah. much. Thanks for the chat. Moving into some other news. Now, this is actually a pretty big story. Crypto exchange Binance has confirmed to the Ontario Securities Commission, or the OSC, that it will no longer open accounts for new customers in the Canadian province of Ontario. The industry's largest exchange also committed to cease trading for existing Ontario-based accounts and will provide fee waivers and reimbursements to certain users. And so what exactly happened is, and I'll just briefly go over this for you, June of 2021, Binance decided to withdraw its services from Ontario. On June 25th of 2021, Binance told Ontario users that it could no longer service them and would need to close out all active positions by December 31st of 2021. Nevertheless, on December 29th, 2021, my birthday, coincidentally, Binance notified Ontario users that it was allowed to continue its operations in Ontario, which Binance now acknowledges was not correct. Binance's customer service team also tweeted inaccurate information informing Ontario users that they could trade after January 1st of 2022 as normal if their account was already open, which Binance now acknowledges was not correct. The OSC said this in a statement. By the way, the statement is in the show notes. You could just click the link for the article and the statement, which I read, is embedded in the article. But they said this in a statement. This undertaking represents a legally enforceable commitment by Binance to the OSC. The OSC reserves the right to take enforcement action against Binance for any past, present, or future breaches of Ontario securities law. I apologize to everybody who's in Ontario right now that is now getting closed out of Binance. GameStop plans to launch an NFT marketplace for Q2 of 2022. Despite confirmation of the marketplace launch, GameStop stock dropped 9.6% in after-hours trading. Yikes. Immutable X also came with a $100 million incentive fund to incentivize game studios to build on the GameStop's NFT platform. Gitcoin, the platform that allows coders with crypto, is adding support by hosting a Ukraine fundraising campaign called GR13. Running from March 9th to March 24th, GR13 is a series of grants under the Gitcoin banner where participating entities can contribute to matching funds to support Ukraine. The grants have raised $1.2 million in funding to support Ukraine as of Thursday evening. Since its launch in November of 2017, Gitcoin has raised over $54 million in funding for open source projects, with $36 million going to Gitcoin grants. Speaking of donating to Ukraine, you can help Ukraine by buying some Divi coins. So Divi is making some gold coins, silver coins, and bronze coins for 20 bucks a piece. 10% is going to be kept by Divi to cover costs, and the other 90% will accumulate in a Divi wallet and then be sent to help Ukraine. Link is also in the show notes. And finally, three Coinbase users, and I'm going to come back to that three Coinbase users in a minute. They're accusing the company, Coinbase, of selling unlicensed securities and are seeking at least $5 million on behalf of themselves and anyone else who purchased Dogecoin, Solana, Cardano, or more than 70 other tokens on the platform. 
These users claim that since Coinbase is allegedly selling securities, also known as investment contracts, the company should have registered with the SEC as a national securities exchange. They claim that Coinbase is violating both federal and state security laws and are also asking a judge to order the company to stop selling the tokens, which also include Chainlink, Polygon, and SHIB. The lawsuit, which also names CEO Brian Armstrong as a defendant, quotes a recent speech by SEC Chairman Gary Glensler that linked crypto to the Wild West and suggested that it was likely exchanges like Coinbase were offering unlicensed securities. These type of lawsuits, which almost never go to trial, amount to a gamble by law firms, which typically seek a payout to go away. Coinbase declined to comment on the lawsuit. And I just want to go back to three Coinbase users. This sounds like somebody who got smoked on buying the top, lost some of their money, is really salty about it, and decided to try to sue instead of have personal responsibility. This is just what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling from this article. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. I'll be back tomorrow with our weekend update. And until then, happy hodling, everyone.